0: Yes, and coming very soon, uh, a new addition to ABC Bookshops, uh, the, the book, whether it's a novel or not, my favourite economist, <laughs> Nicholas Gruen joins me. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Hello, Gruen.
1: It's, I'm not sure what it'll be. I'm working you're with working the whole concept. I, you gonna, you're, you're, the, you're the author? That's, uh, good. No, That's
0: good. No, no, I'm no, I'm, I'm your There'll promoter. I'm your promoter. The authorised, promoter. authorised novel, the <laughs> authorised biography, I don't know. <laughs> You love to write, Nicholas Grewd. I, think, I, I think do, a, I think there's a novel in you. I uh, No, I
1: like short. I like those short-form things. I really do like um, columns. I figure if you can't say something in 800 words, you probably don't well, have very uh, much to
0: say. there's a very big skill in that. And, um, and I love it that you say you've been kind of mulling on over the whole kind of, I suppose, economic model that is presented by the Internet. And I, I, I loved it sort of years ago when Rupert Murdoch went, now this is an economic model that's not working for me. (laughs) That's right, Rupert. It had some... Free! Things are going out for free. That's right.
1: Free. Well, there's a a Monty Python sketch where someone turns up at... uh, You can imagine who plays the uh, business person, John Cleese, and someone turns up and asks for money for the orphans. And this is... and and, And John Cleese is running Slater Nazi Corporation... Doesn't it says what? You say so you want money from me and you'll give it you'll give it to the orphans? Well, why? <laughs> and eventually eventually the penny drops, he says, That idea is so simple, it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna—he's he, converted. <laughs> anyway, it's very good. It's just a very good sketch.
0: Uh so and, and a perfect way to kind of um, introduce what you're talking about.
1: Well, the the riches, the free riches of the internet—a uh, remarkable thing. And uh, I was reading a report from the OECD about, uh, well, basically, which con- uh, it, it's about the internet and about the infrastructure that builds the internet, and it compares it with the infrastructure that builds the telephone network. And guess what? It's pretty much the same infrastructure. It's pretty much the same physical, you know, poles and wires and wireless connections and so on. And yet one, there is a, with one network, I'll let you guess which one, at every stage there are people trying to get money out of us. If we're overseas, you would think it would be, very easy to um, pay a dollar or 20 cents or next to nothing to um, uh, go and connect uh, you know to, to connect our mobile phone to the mm. digital uh, to the digital infrastructure of that country. but no, it costs it costs uh, you know two three dollars a minute and they get hundreds of dollars out of people. and you compare that with Skype, which is that you, you connect in with it anywhere in the world when you call anywhere in the world, and it costs you nothing other than the fixed cost of getting onto the network. So, so then
0: how do they get away with those roaming, global roaming fees? Well,
1: the, the, the basic story is that these two uses of the same network have a different industry structure, and one is what um, economists call monopolistic, they're, they're monopolistic competitors, so Optus and Telstra and uh, TPG and a few others. Well, really, there are very few kind of actual providers of infrastructure to your house for instance a few more providers of mobile phones and they're going to be wanting to get in for their chop i might say this is not a story of people unjustly enriching themselves because they're not doing particularly well they're not making incredible returns but whenever they see an opportunity to slug us for a little bit of money if they can get it out of us they will and the re- so the reason for that is that there are on the mobile on mobile networks are about three uh, here uh, connections to houses. There's one and a half networks that can actually do that. So they know that they're in a strong position. Uh, and and behind all that is the fact that to make the, the technology of, of phone companies has of course completely transformed itself. Um, behind the scenes it's all gone from being analog to digital but the basic architecture means that this phone call that we're having now is predicated on there being a connection between you and me there is some kind of line between my house where i'm speaking in melbourne and your studio Mm. in canberra that is completely different to the architecture of the internet the architecture of the internet uh, deals in digital packages, and these, and, and this is the way it was built, uh, you know, in the in the late 70s and 80s by the uh, U.S. defense forces, effectively, uh, and oh, DARPA, a, a research and development arm of the U.S. defense forces. And so, what happens is that every little packet of data is a bit like, a bit like envelopes in, in the post, flying all over the place, and the phone conversation that people have might be a thousand, a hundred thousand data packets. They go flying out into the internet with an address and a from uh, notification, two addresses, one on the front, one on the back, as it were, to keep the metaphor with the post alive. And they find their way, basically you've got a whole lot of electronic postmen out there going, oh yes, this one's going to Iceland and this one's going there. And they find, And those packages find their way to their destination now that sort of network in that network no node on the network has got any market power at all because if you don't use one net if you don't use one uh node you can try some some other node and, and in fact the phone conversation that you might have over skype uh there'll be things flying all over the all over the net going in all sorts of different mm. ways and so so the so that it just illustrates the way that the basic architecture affects the market structure, and it therefore completely transforms the economics of and, the whole thing.
0: And then throw in the NBN.
1: Well, the NBN uh, strengthens the internet, uh, and so brings us closer to this world of of, of ver- well very low cost connectivity. Now that's very low marginal cost product connectivity. We still have to pay a fixed cost of of the network and being on the network, but the actual cost of using the network mm. is zero, and 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 that's I mean that's no big deal in the sense that you know you could catch a you could pay the you could pay the bus lines fifty dollars a month and then get free bus travel. Okay, that might be a good deal. It might not be a good deal. What's important here is that. Once you have this network where no one needs permission to do everything and everybody, once they get on that network, can can connect to everybody else for free, then all sorts of extraordinary things become possible, namely something like Google, which on a closed network and with proprietary software probably would have cost a billion dollars to build and make accessible to most people, and it cost a million dollars.
0: No, and and, yeah. and Nicholas, you in terms of where are we headed with this what yes. um, <laughs> your your thoughts on that um well let's, and let's, and how the gatekeepers kind of do their thing well well we're we're headed in the short
1: term or well, you know the next ten years or so i think we're headed to um I, I, there are other sectors other than encyclopedias and media and tele- uh, and telecommunications which are just as susceptible to the incredible disruption uh, that we've seen already in those sectors. Uh, But the only reason it's not happening is that those sectors are still dominated by large incumbent players and often they're uh, also tangled up in a lot of regulation. Uh, So there was an Ernst & Young paper out, I think, a couple of weeks ago, saying that higher education is going to be uh, you know in in 5 or 10 years higher education will be, will be unrecognizable uh, i mean that's because
0: uh, that's... Of, of the digital world and being able yeah, to yeah
1: yeah i mean basically i was talking to one vice chancellor um, a few oh, a month or so ago and that, of a university that was rather slow in fact very slow in establishing campuses around the country and around the world and now they're feeling quite smug about it because they might be able to do it all from their base on the internet. Uh, so We
0: needn't have wasted that money in bricks and mortar.
1: No, no, that's absolutely yeah. right. That's absolutely right. So you have, I mean, an example is a, a course on statistics or which is now called data science in the new digital age, and it's slightly different, but there's a course on, statist- on data science there's a guy called Peter Norvig, he's the uh, head of research at Google, and he was lamenting the fact that there was no data science course, no good data science course anywhere in the world. He teach, he, he started teaching it at Stanford University nearby, I think he may be a graduate of there, I'm not sure, and then they, they packaged it up into an internet course, and when I last heard, it had 160,000 students. You just watch the videos, and then you do the... the course you know it's uh and and so just think about that that's uh that's and 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 we have a mechanism whereby you know governments don't like forking out money and and universities are competing with each other uh, not just locally but globally so that's 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 going to spell big change uh we should be trying to get this done in finance we should be trying to get some of this done in in health uh, they're very heavily regulated sectors. In fact, I would call them sectors of public-private partnership, really. I think it's kind of a mistake to think that there is, you know, these private sector providers or even government providers mm-hmm. that all compete subject to regulation. I think it's better to think of the whole box and dice as a sort of a joint product of governments and incumbent firms. And I think that that's uh, gonna slow down progress pretty pretty dramatically, but, but uh, you know, it's just staring us in the face. What uh, what kinds of possibilities are there?
0: It's blowing my mind, Nicholas. Oh,
1: that's that's good. That's good. Mm. It's. Uh, I mean, you know, get, you get can, with it. Get with the program. Yeah, yeah, well, because what's Tan- happening? Exactly. Yeah. I was. I was at. A, I went to a couple of health conferences uh, in San Francisco about a month ago, and uh, you know, if you've, uh, there is an awful lot you can. If we built systems, diagnostic systems. Uh, So that when you're feeling ill, you go through a questionnaire and all this sort of stuff. Of course, you can have, you know, of course human intervention is a useful thing to have as well. But it turns out that with difficult to diagnose uh, uh, issues, uh, uh, decision support from computers is is hugely valuable. And if you actually had to take a choice between one or the other, when in fact the best solution is both, uh, in many cases certainly for difficult to diagnose cases and rare cases uh, a properly developed uh, decision support system will be almost all humans uh, we don't like to hear that and i don't suppose the ama would like to hear that but uh, you know that's that's mm-hmm. the, that's that's the world and as i say i don't want to be misunderstood as saying gee computers are going to do everything for us but but what we do need to realise is that we've
0: so changing things. Wor- well, we
1: built this world around a whole bunch of possibilities that didn't exist. Uh, that that mm. we regulated in a whole lot of things, leaving out all these kinds of possibilities. And it'll take a while to.
0: We, yeah, we don't. Life. It's it's like with the whole media question. We really don't know. Um, uh, there's still lots of questions. How it's going to turn out. How it's going to turn out. Exactly,
1: exactly. We don't know how yep. health or education is going to turn out, but we can we can already see the obvious yeah. sort of broad uh, broad outlines of the kinds of changes that are that are not only possible but desirable.
0: Nicholas Gruen, always fantastic um, thoughts from you. Um, <laughs> I need you to drag me kicking and screaming into this world and, uh, and you do it very well. Thank, Thank thanks, you. Thanks, thanks lot, Alex. Farewell. Bye-bye. That's Dr Nicholas Gruen, CEO and economist with Lateral Economics and, uh, and writes fantastic, uh, thoughtful, provoking pieces on Club Troppo and also he's a regular columnist uh, in uh, the Fairfax Papers as well.